Welcome to Crossroad International Church, where it's all about Jesus. If you are in Kuwait and looking for a church to call home, we would love the opportunity to welcome you at one of our Friday services. Now, here is this week's message. Okay, welcome to CIC. My name is Paul. Um, and I'll be giving this morning's message. It um, was already put out this morning by the worship team that you know, this is a new season, and indeed it is. If you've been to Kuwait longer than, than one year, then you know every year, especially if you, if you come to church, if you're part of the body, this is a brand new season, a time to get started from new. You came from vacation. You went on visiting families back to the countries of origin. Um, and it's just a regular season, kind of like, I don't know, uh, a harvest time, more or less, uh, one way of looking at it. So with that in mind, uh, it was also mentioned this morning that we don't know what God has in store for us. And, and I guess you can look at that one way, and uh, I guess you can say, yeah, uh, that kind of makes sense. But I want to say something here that I really think that I know what's going to happen. You're going to start your school right? Going to go back to a new school or even your old school. Or if you're a new contractor coming in, this is a new job. Or you're coming back in from vacation and you are going to be attacked. You are going to be persecuted for who you are in Christ. No doubt. I mean, it doesn't matter where it's going to come from. It's going to come from school, old school, new school. If you have trouble with the Harris in your building, problems with your apartment, problems that doesn't matter where or from whom, you're going to start to become emotionally and spiritually drained. You begin uh, to waver under the attacks from your fellow teachers, your co-workers, parents, and the very children that you're trying to teach, right? I mean, how many of you, I am not a teacher, but I've been um, with a whole bunch of teachers here for the past 10 years in many different varieties, and I have heard and prayed for and been with so many people that are just so personally and professionally attacked that it's just very difficult. So before you start to lose control, you might start to fight back. And you don't deserve the treatment that you're receiving. And not long after that, you begin to start acting like the very people that's been attacking you. Stop right there. What are you doing? Who are you? You have got to remember who you are in Christ Jesus because we do not um, act like the world. We are set apart from the world, and we are to behave differently. Excuse me. This is okay. I'm going to trip over this. All right, little things here. Okay, um, so that's the premise, and I know I stated teachers, but I know there are more than just teachers here. we got contractors, people in the oil field, even the Ministry of Defense. It's all the same because we are, thank you, we are um, part of the body of Christ, and Christ warned us that we will be attacked. And it's not because necessarily with, uh, because of us, but it's because of him and who we follow in Christ who is in us. So let's open up the Word of God to 1 Peter 2, verses 9 through 10. 
and this is from the NSAB, uh, the New American Standard Bible, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people for God's possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So going back to that first part of the verse, uh, in verse 9, God's own possession. God selected you. You had no part in that process. You're not capable. Our nature, our natural born nature, when we were born, is against God and hating God. And that is our very nature. So it's because of God who uh, supernaturally invaded you and your life and grabbed your heart and called you out, just as he first did to um, the Egyptians and took them out of slavery from Egypt. Likewise, God has interceded in your life um, to make you a part of his own possession, and he owns you. So that you may proclaim his excellence in him. His excellence in him. So we talked a couple weeks ago, if you weren't here, if, um, if you go to the website, you can go back and listen to past sermons. And we were made to worship him and to provide him glory. That is the most basic reason of our creation. If you listen to the secular community, oh, I'm searching for the meaning of life and all this other stuff, and you get down that road, and it's all nonsense because you're created for a divine purpose, right? And that is to give honor and glory to God. Now, also talking about this, you're called into the church, and he's also called you to be a holy vessel for his good pleasure. So we are mandated to become holy. And we'll, tear, we'll, we'll get more into that a little bit later. But we, we are made to be holy for his purposes. And this will exemplify his excellences that he has. Now, you have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, right? That's very simple what that is. That is his salvation provided to us through his son, Jesus Christ. You have not received mercy, but now you receive mercy. Before, you weren't his people, but now you are his people. First, the believers in here. You have received mercy, right? Because all things said and done, if God wasn't merciful, the first time that we would sin and offend him, he can just take us right out, right there. So every breath we have is by the grace of God, and it's to him that we owe. Now, if you are in here this morning and you're not sure if you're saved or you're coming to church for the first time, you are also experiencing his mercy. His mercy because he's given you time to repent and time to come to him. So both believers and unbelievers alike are receiving God's mercy. Because as we states here, uh, we all deserve death for offending a holy and righteous God. But 
If you are saved, if you are in the body, you have received eternal life. Praise God. Since we are a royal priesthood, um, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, we have a different expectation on our lives. We are called out of darkness to live on this earth with a different purpose. So let's go to my favorite book of the Bible right now. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Remember that different purpose that that we have. Romans 12 verses 1 through 2. We read, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed inside to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So that's the higher standard that that we are all called to um, adhere by. To present your bodies. Well, first of all, it says brethren, which means it's the body, it's the church. Paul addressed it here directly to the, to the believers. Um, by the mercy of God, present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. Consecrate yourselves from all of your worldly desires and the lust of this world. When you were in darkness, you were a slave to sin. And you didn't even know what you were doing offended God. In fact, we all were there and we we're all probably enjoying it. But you have been called out of darkness. Therefore, you are called out of darkness. You have got to radically change our attitude and our way of behavior so we can be a holy sacrifice to him. And since we're called out of darkness, we are no longer a slave to sin, but we are a slave to Jesus Christ and to his righteousness. Amen? Acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship. This is another form of worship. It's very important. It's just like prayer. And worship is, worship is more than music. Okay? Most of us, we, I think we all know that in here. When we worship, we give God our all. Yes, we praise him in songs. We lift up the congregation to the body. Um, excuse me. We lift up the body of the congregation to God uh, with our hearts in worship. We pray to him. We exalt him. That is worship. We even, um, prayers and petition that we talked about a couple weeks ago, that's also a form of worship when we pray. Even when we give um, our blessings to help others and to advance the kingdom. Worship, 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 worship. Now, here's the hardest form of worship to probably execute. This is probably just me speaking. Therefore, a different form of worship that's part of worship is to, is to live a holy life. And that means you have to really, really get a hold of the things that you were enslaved to and throw that down to the cross. Can you do it overnight? No, not even in one week. It is a lifelong process Scripture calls sanctification. Sanctification is, is achieved uh, in submission to the Lord, and you are allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life, and you are releasing your attitude of whatever sin that you love doing for your entire life, 
Even when you didn't think it was wrong, now you know it's wrong because now you were out of darkness. Now you're into the light. Maybe it's just, well, I know it's not me. It's, it's rhetorical. But if people in here, if you remember the first time that you became saved, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking more about the one-time experience. You remember that on this date. I'm talking about maybe I'll call it the first phases of sanctification. I know for me, I started becoming more guilty, 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 guilty until I was almost depressed because my conscience that God has given me, I'm made aware of that I have been offending him and the way I walk and the way I think all of this time. And it became a burden. It became a burden. So that's what it actually looks like when you are going through sanctification with that goal of becoming a holy sacrifice that is perfect and acceptable to God. And that's what we have to focus on right now until we pass. Amen? That's what we have to do. We really have to uh, get that straight. So spiritual service of worship. And don't be conformed. Yeah, just, just keep it up there. Thank you. Renewing of your mind. Um, excuse me. Inside of this world to be transformed, the renewing of your mind. Now, when we are renewing of our mind, it's not our definition of how I think that I'm going to renew my mind. It's what God thinks. Okay? And the only way to renew your mind, and I, only renew, I can renew my mind, is to open up the Word of God in full submission and learn and discern what He is actually saying to us. And it's everybody. Right? This is what we call a renewing of our mind. Now, it can only occur through the Holy Spirit, and it only occurs through hard Bible study. These are my words. Hardcore Bible study and meditating on his words. Now, I'm not saying that you've got to conduct five different Bible studies every week, 10 hours a day with 20 different people. I'm not saying that. But in my experience, I have found, because of the guilt that I'm becoming more and more aware of as I'm becoming sanctified, my desire to go deep into his word becomes greater. And um, if you're not experiencing that, that's okay. But you pray for that. You pray for God to remove um, the spiritual blindness that you might have with the word. And whatever it is that you have a hard time with, whatever it's a certain concept in the scripture or your daily reading, um, open up to God. Open up to God and pray, right? And just, you know, Lord, help my unbelief, or Lord, help me learn. Help me understand you. I don't want to go another day without offending you, Lord. Help me with understanding your word, and let me commit that to my heart. So meditating on his word and studying with through the Holy Spirit is how uh, we can renew our mind. And so what you can prove or discern what the will of God is. We have to know what the will of God is. We have to. Okay? Now, with the will of God, it's, it's, it's kind of, it depends how you look at it. You know, and sometimes um, I'm, I'm rightly accused of thinking too much and splitting too many hairs. Like I have any more hairs to split. Right? <laughs> So, depending on how we actually look at this, um, for me, the will of God is clear and it is apparent from the Word of God. 
sanctification. If you have clout, if you have doubt, especially from the people that I talked about in the introduction that you're having problems with, if you're having problems with the world, where do you go? Um, I think the, the book of Proverbs talks about seeking counsel. And it's not seeking counsel of the unbelieving world. It's seeking counsel with the believers in here. And there might be too many of us that now look, now we can't be separated from the world, right? But we have to know where we're going to get the best sound advice if you need sound advice. Coming from Scripture, if Scripture is not clear, you've got to go to a brother and a sister in prayer for answers. That is your counsel. Your, your, your counsel should not be going to unbelievers, that they're going to tell you the solutions to the world. You know, it's, that's just the wrong place to go. So God has given the body, that's you and me, if you are in Christ, a direct commandment. Glorify God in your bodies. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 20. No, excuse me, 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. So if you are a professing Christian and you are part of the body, you've got to glorify God with your body, right? Again, I know this gets back into the laws coming from Romans, which articulates the Ten Commandments, but we got to face it, we got to open it up, and we have to apply it. We have to get rid of that stuff. We have to glorify God in our bodies. Now, um, transitioning over, um, earlier I was, we were talking about we're us being attacked. We came here, it's going to be a new season of attacks. That's okay, you know. We're here in the body here to support you, and, you know, God has not left us defenseless, right? Um, but before we get into some of the weapons that God has equipped us with, I want us to be aware of where, where of the attacks are coming from. There are, there are three sources that I count where attacks are coming from. Number one, it's easy. Everyone say it. Satan or the devil, Right? We know we are being attacked directly by Satan. Second thing is the Satan's world system. The world system out there is fallen too, and it's being run by a whole bunch of fallen, unrepentant people who love nothing more but then just to revel in their sin and their lust and maybe to take some of us down with them. So we have an evil system out there. So that's number two. Number three, I'm glad everyone's sitting down. The third point where Satan attacks us is through your flesh and my flesh. Because we have a fallen, sinful nature. And we are battling against that through sanctification. However, you are still fallen and you still might have, well, we all are going to have some type of thing that God deplores and he wants us to get rid of. So those are the three areas of attack that you can expect where to come from. Now, the great thing is um, we can't do too much about the world system, and we can't do too much about Satan directly. But you can actually work on your flesh. 
by just having this knowledge. So let's stay in Romans chapter 8, verses 7 through 8. We'll talk briefly about Satan. He has come to destroy through lies and deception because the mind set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Unbelievers and believers who still haven't been crucified these sins. So what we're talking about here is that if you are, have a lifestyle of living in the flesh, there's no way you can please God. I spoke about this before. I have, you know, some unbelievers who are acquaintances I run into every once in a while, and they come up to me, and they know I go to church and stuff, and they're like, oh, hi, Paul. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, the Lord is with me. And I know in my heart, looking for an opportunity to evangelize, that that person's not even saved. But he or she is led by this world system here that if she, he or she just says I'm saved and then continue to live a life that offends God, you know, we have to put that into question. And it's not a question for me to mark attendance. This person saved? Yes. This person saved? No. It's not that at all. But in love, in Christ, we are to go out and to come alongside of people. And if we have an opportunity to preach the gospel and say, brother, sister, what you're doing is wrong and it offends God. This is what we need to do. You know, this is, this is part of, um, this is evangelism, right? This is evangelism, trying to help uh, the world or convict the world that they are um, offending God. So just know that if you are in, you know, people, flesh cannot please God. Um, Satan's world system, 1 John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. It's nice. I actually hear pages being turned. So a lot of people are bringing their Bibles. So I'll give you a couple seconds. I have a hard time hearing the digital pages flip. So, but it's okay. It's very good. 1 John 5, verse 19. We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. The unbelieving world in all of its political, educational, cultural, entertainment, and false religious systems offend God every day. Now, earlier we were talking about renewing the renewing of our minds. And so that is an active, deliberate process of your will right? You're going to have to open up the Bible. You're going to have to submit to God so you can renew your mind. It is a daily thing because we are battling our nature and we want to not please God naturally. So we are battling with ourselves to please God. Amen? Now, the satanic world system doesn't have to refresh itself so we can bring on new evil every day. It's on autopilot. Maybe that's just me. I mean, that's, that's what I see. Do we have to teach people to, to sin? Teach people to hurt people? Teach people to be corrupt? Education, you know, my child, my child, uh, blasting the teachers, you know, um, trying to get over and just, you know, making trouble for everybody. Yeah, it's all corrupt, and we have to know that. The third thing is, and I've been hitting about this the couple, last couple of weeks, but not directly, like we're going to do today, is our flesh. So that's the third area that we have to look out for where these attacks are coming from. And we can do something about that because that involves us. 
So lust and desires in our flesh. Let's go to Galatians 5, verse 19 through 21. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, bursts of anger, disputes, dissension, fractions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like that, or things like this. These are bad spiritual fruits displayed by unbelievers and some unbelievers who still struggle with that. Now, without raising your hands, let's honestly take a look at some of those things and ask if they, if they apply to us. Maybe especially at work, when we're not at church, for example. Do you have a problem struggling with outbursts of anger, dissension, disputes, fractions? Do you cause strife? Those are the things that we need to get a hold of through the power of the Holy Spirit and put those at the cross. Everyone, these are the things that we need to guard against. Because you know who's given us opportunities for temptation to capitalize on these things? The avenue attack from the first person, Satan. Satan's waiting for these things. Satan lives in these things. Satan knows that you go and you teach at an unbelieving school. Satan knows that you work at an oil field with 50 degrees out, and you have all these people from different countries that have never heard the word Jesus Christ, and they just bring their own cultures, which is against God, uh, against you every single day. These deeds of the flesh have no business in the life of a believer. Now, I'm no one up here that ever preached is going to say, you know, you, I can do it. Since I can do it, you can do it too. This is a constant, lifelong struggle. And the goal is, like I've stated before with, 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 others, with other messages, the goal for you in your behavior and my behavior is not perfection. That's the outcome, the results of your action. It needs to be an attitude of what you're doing. I don't want to be angry at work anymore. I don't want to be jealous because someone got promoted. I don't want to cause dissensions because I know coworkers are doing this and I don't like the one, and so I want the other one to be fired. I'm not going to cause those problems. So it's an attitude of surrender. And actually, what, what did Christ tell us to do? You know, Christ came to actually tell us to love the enemy, right? Tell us to pray for those who persecute you. See how this all comes back? It always gets back to Christ, right? And whatever we're talking about the gospel always gets back to Christ. So once again, we're not talking about perfection in here because no one is perfect. We know that. But we've got to have the right attitude to make that discernment and, and make that connection and work on it through the Holy Spirit. So our response to these kind of people who are in our lives, who are attacking us every day, what should our response be? Kindness, mercy, and to show love. In other words, to be like who? To be like Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's stay in Galatians 5. Let's continue reading there, verses 22 through 25. We read, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So we are being assaulted in spirit, in soul, and body by the agents of the world. So remember who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ. We are to show kindness and faithfulness and patience. Now, if we go back to our work situation or the Harris or whatever you're having problems with, these are the things that we should be praying for daily for God to work with us in, in our hearts so we can get over the stuff, so we can work through the problems. Because I know in the past, it's, it's September kicks around, school start in, and after the first month of school, of, of school starting, that's when our prayer requests come up in the church. That's when we come together with the life groups. And I really feel and see and experience, um, you know, an outpouring of prayer coming from the teachers because they need the energy back. You know, they're not being respected at work. They're definitely not being appreciated. And Lord help someone if maybe some of these schools in the past, oh, what happened to our payments? Oh, I don't know, Mafi Mushkula. And then you guys don't even have a paycheck for three or four weeks. I've seen that happen too. So all of that to say is that's, these are the things that we got to pray for. But if we are equipped with what we know and what to expect, the attack, where it's going to come from, and the things that we can do, well, I'm not going to promise, but I'm very confident that you're going to be able to have a good year. Not a good year of not being attacked. No, no, no. Let's get that in our heads right now. You are going to be attacked. You're not going to be appreciated, but you're going to be loved in here, and you're going to be encouraged in here. And through God and the power of the Holy Spirit, you will make it through, okay? So that's what I want. That's the main focus of this message is to get you all hyped up with the, with the right tools and equipment, spiritual equipment, to make it through this year less stressful, more meaningful than any previous year that you might have had over here. And if this is your first time being over here, Wonderful. Now you got the right tools and equipment to have a very great first year. Amen. So, God equips his children to stand fast. So, let's go to uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. The, uh, the armor of God. And I'm, this is not going to be a full teaching of the armor of God. I just want to read it through once and focus on one point because I know I'm getting a little bit long here in the breath. So, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, not yours, in his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of attacking source number one, the devil. Right. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. 
Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you were able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petitions, all time in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all uh, perseverance and petition and for all the saints. Now, uh, at some time within the next couple of days, maybe, I want you to go back and I, and I want you to you know, study this a little bit, read this with, with someone. Um, but right now I want to focus on verse 16. Taking up the shield of faith, which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows from the evil one. So this is what God wants us to do. When we put up the armor of God, basically, this is a permanent, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A permanent uh, putting on. What, how do you call that? Putting on, uh, I don't like that. Um, it's, a, it's a permanent dress to constantly have on your armor of God, okay? And um, the most important one, I think, is going to be that, that, that shield of faith. Now, as Paul was writing uh, this letter, I think this is one of the times he was in jail writing. Uh, yeah, he was in prison writing this. And so he had full, in full view the Roman guards that were guarding his house, that was keeping him captive. So um, I, I'm, I'm sure when he was writing this, you know, the inspiration came from um, what he was seeing in front of him. Uh, now, the Roman soldiers had two types of shields. I'm not going to get into the Greek word because I didn't study it. But basically, there's a small shield for close hand-to-hand -hand combat. So that second shield is the shield that Paul was talking about. It was about four and a half feet tall and two and a half feet wide. And the main purpose was to protect the complete body of the soldier. So this is the shield that Paul had in mind when he's using this as, as an example. So you pick up the shield of faith that will extinguish all of the flaming arrows from um, the evil one. So it's designed to protect him. But here, faith, Paul is referring to, it's not in the body of Christian beliefs. What Paul means when he's talking about this shield is one thing, a basic, complete trust in God that he will get you through. That is what Paul is referring to um, spiritually when he's, when he's talking about this shield, is having a trust in God. The faith that Christ appropriates salvation and continues to bring blessing and strength as it trusts him for daily provisions for help. So the substance of Christianity is believing that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That comes from uh, Hebrews 11 putting total trust in his son as the crucified, buried, and risen and ascended Savior. Total faith in that. Obeying the scriptures as his infallible and authoritative word and looking forward to the Lord's second coming. In Habakkuk's great declaration, it says, the righteous will live by faith. So God equips us. A God knows that you're going to go through this 
turbulent year. God knows every day what you're going through. But we have in him the Holy Spirit, and he has given us weapons that we can use to sustain the, sustain the battle. In conclusion, if we understand one point, this is what I want you to understand. The war is already won. The war is already won. Christ already defeated death. But battles of temptation are still going on, and they will continue every day while in this flesh and on this earth. So we have to resist it. Christ, excuse me, Satan does not want you to walk a holy life. Satan does not want you to um, understand God's word. He is working his tail off to get you to stumble and to prevent you from the joy you should have in the victory of Jesus Christ. Amen? So these daily battles of temptation, even though the war is done, the war, excuse me, the war is finished, but we still battle every day until we um, rise in glory with Christ. So we have to know that. So your spiritual identity is children of the living God. You are not children of the devil. If you are in the whole, if you are, if you are in the body, God has given you the Holy Spirit that illuminates the Word of God, and He gives us understanding and the faith, extinguishing all flaming arrows of the evil one, bringing glory to God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you examine the hearts of everyone here this morning, both the believer and the unbeliever. Heavenly Father, I ask you to convict the hearts of the unbeliever, showing them that they have sinned against you and you alone, Heavenly Father, but also to give them a longing to seek you, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, those people who are in here who are in that situation, my prayer for, for them is that they go home and that they cry out to you in their heart, Heavenly Father, that you can save them. And because of the, the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross, that if they come with a humble and contrite heart, confessing their sins, wanting to just glorify you in worship, Heavenly Father, I pray that you give that to them. Heavenly Father, I, I pray that, that you show them the glory of your gospel, and I pray that you show them your glory, Heavenly Father. And Heavenly Father, I also pray for the fellow brothers and sisters who are in here, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I pray that this year and this season that we have here in Kuwait in work, that they walk strong, that they walk bold, that they walk in your way, Heavenly Father. I ask you to, to equip them. I ask you to make them bold, Heavenly Father, in your word. I ask you to just uh, encourage them, Heavenly Father, that the things that they are going through, you know all about because you are great. But greater is he who is inside of us, Heavenly Father, than anything that we can experience in the world. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.